Welcome to episode 14 of Better With Paul. Now today I'm doing what most podcast experts tell you not to, and that is change your format. And the reason why they say this is they know that an audience is used to hearing content in a certain way, and any deviation could mean they reject the content. Well, let me tell you, I reject that advice. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty good. I get it. But I also think it's important for us as content creators and entrepreneurs to constantly be experimenting. So on this particular episode, I'm not interviewing anyone. Instead, I'm bringing on a co-host and we're going to discuss takeaways from the previous 13 episodes of Better With Paul. Now together, myself and my co-host will give our opinions on what we consider to be the best and the worst episodes. That's right. We'll talk about the episodes with the most hidden gems or perhaps the episodes that were the worst performing, but we'll also dissect the guests who were the most challenging and insightful. I'll even share the episode that stressed me out so much I had problems sleeping and I'm now just finally getting a full night's rest. And perhaps even more important than all of those takeaways is who will be sharing the mic with me today. It's my longtime friend and producer of the Better With Paul podcast. That's right. Surprise, y'all. We have a producer of this podcast. You'll get an introduction to her and a full behind the podcast breakdown on how we put these episodes together. This is going to be an episode full of insight and surprises. On top of that, a little bit of drama. So right after the break, we'll be joined by the producer of the Better With Paul podcast, Jessica White. All right, Jay. So, so you're ready. You're, you're I'm ready, ready to roll. I'm ready to All right. roll. All right. Let's let's do this. Let's okay. start with just talking about who the hell you are, <laughs> because I think I honestly think a lot of people will be shocked to know that there's a you, right? Uh-huh. That there's a producer working on the podcast, working on the show. Now, right. what's the beautiful thing is that in a lot of the comments, I see people saying, well, the production is so great. The production is mm-hmm. so great. But I honestly think they're referring to the audio quality. Okay. And they don't know that we actually, produce like, we, we produce it. We play with the background a little bit. Yeah. Which, 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 to your credit, they don't know, you know? <laughs> they don't know it's me. Yeah. And every time I see it, I'll be double tacking like, yeah. Like that one, mm-hmm, production good, yeah. No sleep on that one. So <laughs> I will say that when you approach me, and I am going to be very honest about even the other viewers, I felt like them, who needs a producer for a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> because most of the podcasts that I have listened to and that I've heard is really just shooting a breeze. It's my opinion. It's very opinionated. We're talking about what we talk about. A lot of them have now incorporated video. But those podcasts, when it first hit the scene, were really just that. So when you said, okay, I kind of want to produce it, I'm like, okay, well, Paul's coming from a television standpoint. So I totally get that. And produce it how? So then I'm like, oh, you really need thought process. You really need to string these things along. Because if you talk to someone for three hours, 
I'm not going to listen for three hours, but I need to read it just like any other interview. And not to say a lot of them, because some of them we have put just straight through because it's just great, great conversation. And it really doesn't need a producer's touch because now we're sitting back and we're not just shooting the breeze and you're just hearing Paul talk. He wants you to hit these points. He wants you to get this information. He wants you to be entertained all at the same time. And I think that was the goal of actually coming on as a producer to produce these podcasts. Yeah. And you know what I've learned now that you're on, right, mm-hmm. is that I now have more, I feel like I have more flexibility with the guests. I'm not rushed to confine it. So I tell the guest, I say, look, this is going to be an hour and a half that you need to block off. And and that actually, that's what I used to say. Now I'm like, all right, block off about two to three hours. <laughs> yeah. But the beauty is that, like, literally, I you know, just did this interview uh, two days ago. Yes. And this person gave me three hours, three hours of his mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. And we were able to go deep into subject matter. And now on the back end, we can, t- we, you know, we could re- not retool the story, but we can tell the story as we think that the audience will get the most value. And we even have extra pieces where we could do like, you know, yeah. like an extra episode. Of exactly. And I will say though, anybody that's in that older bracket, you let them talk, and it's it's fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> just hold on, what, what's, what's the older bracket? What's older now? <laughs> Watch out now, who's older? When you're hitting those ones that's in that 70, 70 yeah. and above, Paul, you just be like, yeah, I know. And I get it too, because you sitting on the porch and that is, that's something that you can't get. And it's not just an interview. These people are really recanting history for them. So they kind of, sometimes they go off on a tangent, but it's good tangents. So you know, I, what's crazy? you know what's crazy with you saying that is the three longest interviews, the three longest interviews are with the 70 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. They're with the 70. I, I did between two to three hours with our three 70 year old guests. Yeah. Absolutely. You're yeah. right. It's it's all information. So it's great information. And it's just that I know Paul being polite. Paul, Paul don't want to cut him off. And <laughs> <laughs> Paul, no. I'll be sitting back listening. I can be like, yeah, okay. Paul, he's going to go back to what we were talking about. But no. Mm-mm. It's respect. You know, yeah. as you said, and I like how you frame that. And that's how I'm going to think of it going forward is it's like sitting on the porch. Yeah. And just listening to them recant. And what I noticed about the 70 year olds as well is what they they don't answer the question directly. What yeah. they do is they tell you a story. They yeah. say, OK, let me tell you a story. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, yeah. what's the temperature outside? All right. Let me tell you the story. about. Like they won't even tell you directly. It's at, always all. A story. at all. Yeah. And that's where we come where I come in, where you come in, where as a production staff, we're never going to paint anybody in a bad light. So if you go off on a tangent, we'll follow it. And that's the true storyteller. I come from a line of storytellers. My daddy was a storyteller. I tell stories all the time. Yeah. I don't get on yeah. phone with somebody and be on phone for three hours. And that, you're talking about storytelling. That's exactly how we got here today. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm telling you, for everybody watching, listening, Jess leaves the best, <laughs> the best voice notes ever. Ever. So we'll trade voice notes back and forth. And they're so good that I put them on speaker so that Jill or whoever's in the house could be the yes. boys. Right. They, they listen to it and they'll just 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 crack up laughing. Right. As you are telling a story about doing an edit. Yes. And Jill and I heard 
it was it was like a series of voice notes and said, oh my God, we need Jess on the, like we need to be talking to her, right? So, so on that note though, break down what your background is so folks understand that this isn't just a hobby for you. This is right. actually a profession. You do this for real. Correct. Correct. So probably 10 years ago, I got an opportunity to go to New York, but I got an opportunity to go to New York to intern. I get to New York and I'm literally in a closet. <laughs> this is no lie. <laughs> My first company had me in a closet. We had at that time actual tape tapes um, of interviews and of events. And so they needed someone to go through and log each and every last one of these tapes and put on one of them tapes. So when it's time to get B-roll, I will know, oh, I know we did a Disney interview 10 years ago. Here's this tape. Here it goes. So I created a whole system, but that allowed me to be in the tape closet. So I kind of worked my way up and then all of a sudden they needed someone to produce the celebrity segments for our world with black enterprise. So I said, uh, okay, here I go. All right. So I'll produce it. So as me producing it, I said, well, I got to have something really big to start off with. So I ended up reaching out to one of the staff members on staff and he knew someone who was doing background for the red tails. So I said, okay, well maybe if I can get, I don't know, one red tail, you know, maybe if I could get uh, one of the cast members to come on and do the show, I'll be good. She ended up giving me a full special where I had all the cast members and we had an original Tuskegee Airmen come through and do an interview as well. So we nice. didn't have the regular junkets that everyone else had. So we had an actual special and then that, that started. So then it was like, okay, now who else can you get? And I was like, okay, so now I'm Booker. So now right. I'm blogger, booker, PA, and now I'm associate producer. Okay, I'll get who I can get. And then it started going and it started going. And I said, okay, Jessica, you asked for this. You prayed for this. Now you got to put in the work. So that means yes. you got to stay later. You got to stay later. If you have to take the cab home when everyone else gets ready to go to the after party, then you got to do that. So I'm like, all right. So then now I'm in a celebrity space in producing. And then it happens. Now COVID happens. <laughs> so COVID happens and it's like, all right, nobody's in studio. We're not getting any interviews. So what are you going to do? I don't do digital producing and I wasn't in that digital space, but that's the way of the world. So if the world is going digital, Jessica, what can you do? And then I get a call and say, hey, Jess, remember when we were doing those veteran calls and those tribes? And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to start my podcast. Oh, that's great. And I think I want to produce it. And I'm thinking, produce a podcast? Because that wasn't me. <laughs> now I got to make sure that a person listening to this can visualize this in their head as if they were watching it on TV or watching right. it online. And so right. I, that was the stretch with being a podcast producer now. And also, too, just to even unpack your story a little bit, what I love about what you said is you described a producer as someone who is a storyteller yes. by any means necessary. Yes. If you have to log, uh, right, if you have to book the guests, mm -hmm. if you have to put people in, in taxis and, and send them home, yep. right? If you, I mean, because I, I think that a lot of people don't understand how important a producer is. Right. And for me, you know, being in television, also now being in the podcast space, I can tell you that the producers are the unsung heroes. Everyone is, has, in, has an important role, yes. but even more important than the actors and actresses are the producers. The producers are the most important element. Yeah. And this is very important for anyone who is thinking about doing content at a high level right. is that you, you, I think you must 
either wear the hat of a producer or bring in a producer. Uh-huh. You know, we, what we wanted to do with this this whole idea was we wanted to uh, unveil who Jess is, right? <laughs> take, take Jess out the closet. But then on top of it, what we thought would be really cool is for us to talk about some of the more notable episodes we've right. done, right. the lessons we've learned, because as you said, we haven't unveiled everything, right? The audience doesn't know all the content, everything that was in the interviews, what was happening in preparation for the interview to get the interview, the stress after the interview, some of the nervousness we've had, the sleepless nights. Exactly. We have had actually sleepless nights. Right. For real. And then like, did you check it? Did you review it? Oh my God, can I go with it? Do you like this? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, so so okay. so we have we have what one two three four five six I think uh -huh. six we have six okay. categories. All right, yeah. so for everyone listening, watching, we have six categories mm -hmm. that Jess and I have agreed to, but we we haven't disclosed our answers in these categories. So these are almost like superlatives in a way. So for yeah. example, we're going to say the first one we'll start off with is the episode with the most hidden gems. Okay. So what episode had the most hidden gems? I have no idea what Jess is going to say. She has no right. idea. She's going to say. That's right. No. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just going to say it and discuss it. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, let's start with that one. Okay. The episode. So we have, actually, let me even backtrack. We okay. have now, as of this episode, this will be, ep this is episode 14. So we, we've done 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. One is a two-part episode with Lloyda Lewis. Yes. So we've interviewed 12 phenomenal guests yeah. who represent the entire, what I consider the diaspora, yes. right? All throughout yes. Africa, uh, Europe, Caribbean, North America, et cetera, right? Completely different ages, mm -hmm. different industries. World-class performers. World, that's it. That's what, <laughs> that's what unifies them. They are top 1% yes. at what they do, what right? They do. So, that being said, uh -huh. to come up with the the one with the most hidden gems, this could Ooh. be debatable right it here. It could be. It could be because what I would take out of something, you could be like, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Because does hidden gem mean something that was informational? Is it something that I can literally take away or what spoke to me? So right. my hidden gem, okay, i tell you my okay. hidden gem. So my hidden gem was Rakia Reynolds. Really? I blue media. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, interesting. Yes, Rakia was my hidden gem because I'm gonna tell you something about. And was, and I'm sorry, let me let me. I, I had written all these down. So that's yeah. episode seven. Okay. Episode seven. Okay. Okay. So what Rakia did to me is Rakia let those know who weren't in the industry know that they could still be a part of the industry, meaning. Rakia said she was a young mom. She was uh, a fairly young mom. And I think she's a mom of three. So she's having her first child before she even gets into the industry. Rakia mm -hmm. starts off in something and then literally finds her niche, finds her goal, finds her, her je ne sais quoi. And she says, you know what? I'm going over here. So she starts off producing and then she ends up in PR. Now, some listening may say, oh, it's the same field, but it's not. 
It's really not. A producer is just that. A producer, we spoke about that, but an actual PR rep means I'm going to rep you down to the shirt you have on. You know, my client is this. And she made it to where it was like no one knew who she was. So if you're coming in the scene and no one knows who you are, and then she tried working for different industries and tried working for different companies and was just like, I really think I can do it on my own. And so I think where the hidden gem comes in is her story. So Rakia's story lets you know, like, no, down from the fact that she said, well, I got into this industry because my father, my father looked at me and he said, well, why is she talking this way? And why is she talking in class? Well, how do you want to do this report? And her daddy told her, well, you don't have to write it. If you want to voice your report, let's let's make a video out of it. People see things in their children and they can really water that seed. And that's what happened with Rakia. So she says, okay, well, I'm different, but I'm different for why, you know, as, right. as what makes me different. So I think one of her hidden gems is she said to me, and I loved it. She says, I focus on something so much that I didn't focus on the end game. And I, it literally was a hidden gem that some people let it go. You put all your eggs in one basket and you don't think when this fails, what do I have? Not a lot of people have a plan B. Not a lot of people have another income if you don't have a spouse or a partner. So it's like, and, and the problem with that comes because I, I have done it is you also don't want to feel like you're neglecting plan A when you're trying to think about plan B. And also too, plan B doesn't also have to be something on your own. It doesn't have to be a business or something entrepreneurial. It could still be you're working or maybe you're doing a hobby that you have turned and flipped into a business. But when she said that, she said, I focused on it. I didn't have an end game. Yeah. Everything was on that. And it was just like, wow. And then you wow. get the papers and you have to now be on unemployment. And it's like, right. well, how do you do that? So yeah, I and, and No, no. I, I It's interesting. I, I didn't think you were going to go there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not think you would go there. But it makes sense. And now you're you're really convincing me on how many hidden gems were packed in there. Yeah. Because one of the most memorable moments across mm -hmm. all of these interviews was when Rakia said that there was a, uh, she was uh, uh, making uh, meals for her family. Yes, yep. And there was, I think it was like a, a rat, a, a mouse that ran, that came up and grabbed the piece of food and she was like, no, we need that. <laughs> like, she was about to fight a rat yeah. for food for her family. She needed that. Because she needed that. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's. And then also what I love about the gems yes. of Rikia's episode was when she was talking about her husband. Yes. Who I did not know worked in the family business. Yeah. And who Rakia admittedly said, hey, you know, things aren't all, all good here. You know, yeah. we go to see yeah. therapist, you know, we try to work things out. And that's the biggest thing. That was another hidden gem. She openly talked about therapy. She openly talked about saying, yeah, this is like my therapy session. And I told my husband, well, let me talk to my therapist as a third party. And I literally like, you're talking to a therapist about your marriage, but that's what it's for. They have that schooling and that knowledge for that reason. So when she brought up that husband, I even like the fact that the husband said, I'll help you if you can match my salary. Right. What? I right. said, my husband does that. Not necessarily I'm going to come on. He said, no, I got, I make this. 
if you can match it within a year, he didn't tell her to do it right now, but he said, I'll give you a time span. But if you can get this way, then I'm all on board. Other than that, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And I think that was so, that was a real partnership. A yeah, real no, partnership. I agree. I agree. Now, it also makes sense that uh-huh. you picked Rakia for most hidden gems uh-huh. because Rakia, her background was she was a producer. Yes. You're a producer. Yeah. I think you saw yourself in Rakia just as the hidden gem that I selected. I okay. saw myself in him. You know who I picked for my hidden gem? Um, Carl. Ex- oh, wow. Yes. You know me. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Episode two. Yeah. Carl Loco, to me, uh-huh. the most hidden gems, the most hidden gems. And the reason why, uh-huh. and I will say, okay, I give you Rakia. So I'll say <laughs> almost the most hidden gems, all right, okay, okay, okay. is Carl, to me, uh-huh. had the biggest arc from nothing to something among all of our guests. Okay. Here was a guy, like, I think a lot of our guests, like Rakia, for example, mm-hmm. they hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. They hit zero and they built themselves up. Correct. Carl was sub-zero. Carl was out in the streets leading a gang, robbing other gangs. Like, he, he, I mean, just think about this for a second. He put together a gang Mm -hmm. to rob drug dealers. That's how thuggish he was. He was was robbing drug dealers of their money. Like, he was the in Brixton. Brixton. Yeah. Yeah. Brixton, South London. Like, yeah. To think about that. No formal education Mm -hmm. after what middle school, kind of high school. Yeah. Um, to think about where he was homeless, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Toting guns, walking around. He said he didn't go to the chicken shop without a bulletproof vest. You know? It's like, damn you. You didn't even feel safe getting chicken, you know, without a bulletproof. Because he knew what he had done, and and that and that particular thing is like, I know I am literally knocking on death's door. I'm knocking on his door, and but I still gotta go with what I know of my gut, and his gut was to make it, to make in whatever sense of making it is. Yes, that to me was it. It spoke to me, mm-hmm. and I think it spoke to me because of all these issues I went through when I was young trying to figure out who I was, yeah. what I was going to do. Should I be on the street? Should I not? Like all that stuff. It really spoke to me. And what Carl then told is he gave us a life lesson class. It was like a life skills class. Mm-hmm. You know, not only did he, you know, go on and, and do phenomenally well financially, yeah. but his connections, yeah, the vernacular that he has now, you know, the fact that you he's a yeah. Family man, you 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 never know. And so his that interview to me is one of those interviews that if I had to have my boys listen to an interview for life lessons or lessons on how to live life, yeah. I would say listen to the Carl Loco interview, uh episode two for sure. For is sure. it because and, and as you said why I pick Rakia, when folks look at you and they see the paw that we all see and we all know to love. A lot of people, when you hear your story and you talk about like, yeah, look, I I have temper. I was no nonsense. And they're like, what? Nonsense. <laughs> now, manner, you know, Paul, that we see now, you know, this charismatic, this, you know, well put together. Not to say you weren't put together then, but is it that you feel like we talk about the cold switch? You didn't cold switch. You just, you just almost 
transcend. You know, you you just switch. Yeah. It's not that you code switch and, and you made it seem like, okay, I'm going to leave this side alone. These people don't know me. I'm pretty sure those who grew up with you will still say he's the same old Paul. He's the same old G. However, it's almost like, well, I, I know also, too, I kind of got to elevate a little bit more. I got yeah. children. I got a wife. I got a business. I got mentors. And I think that's what I seen in Carl. It wasn't that he was leaving the hood behind, but he was just like, I kind of got to go. You know, I don't want to right. leave, but I got to go. Right. I got to go. But but just to your point, I got to go, but I'm coming back, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and he came back. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he yeah. came back and he never forgot where he came from. Yeah. He never stopped supporting. And to this day, mm-hmm. he can walk the streets. You know, when we did that interview, mm-hmm. we did that interview, um, uh, you know, in central London. Right. Okay. I wanted to do the interview in Brixton, in the council estates, right? In the, in the projects. And he was, and and a lot of people would say, no, no, let's not do it there. Right. He was like, come on, let's go. Like, I'll, I'll I'll take you around the way. And the only reason why we couldn't do it was because of my timing. So we had to do it in that other location, but otherwise we would have been walking around Brixton having a conversation. This is why we're behind the scenes with the better of Paul. I did not know you wanted to actually, you wanted to give us the Oprah and Jay-Z moment in the projects. In the market, oh, you would Jess, know. This is where this is where we're going. I'm telling yeah. you, for, for everybody listening right now, you want a glimpse of the future of Better with Paul. Is once the COVID situation is is is, yes. you know, we'll call it done. <laughs> we're going to be out in these streets. In these streets, I see it as everyday, dope storytelling yeah. of voices throughout the the, the diaspora, yeah. lifting up the voices. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It is, it's coming. It is done. It's done. It's it done. done. All right. So now, all right. So we got hidden gems. That was good. That, that was, was good. good. I like yes. it. Yes. So let's move into the underdog. My underdog person, and I'm gonna let you go first on this one. <laughs> of course, and on this one. <laughs> Which is the worst, what's the worst interview, Paul? You know, because <laughs> like you said, I don't think the underdog is necessarily. They didn't give good talk. As we say, and they give they gave great talk on mine. It just wasn't perceived well. And oh I, wow! And I, and the reason why I say I want you to go first because I think we may have the same person as the underdog. So, oh man, you, you know, this, Jess, Jess is trying to get me into trouble because almost all of our guests listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> it was great because we love them all. We do. We love them all. We so do. now I'm about to get into some serious. But all right, can I say this? I'm not okay. trying to get out of this at all. I'm yeah. not trying to get out. Okay. But I, so I came prepared with the name. Okay. But my reasoning is a little bit different though. Okay. Here's my reasoning. Mm-hmm. My reasoning is the underdog episode, the episode that I did not think was going to perform exceptionally well. Okay. As far as, and to your point, so for uh, downloads, uh-huh. I didn't think that the downloads would be super high. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that. Uh, and I think this is actually a good time for us even to talk about like performance, okay. you know, for, for a podcast yes, yes, is. Yes, yes. So obviously we look at downloads, uh, you know, we look at downloads, especially first day yes. uh, that an episode goes out. Yes. Second and third day are very important. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Also, we look at the number of comments mm-hmm. that and, and subscribers, yes. exactly ratings that come as a result of that particular episode. Mm-hmm. We look at the social performance of the trailers that we put out. Mm-hmm. What's how many of those are shared, comments, etc. 
And then probably most importantly, we look at the sentiment, yeah. right? People who feel so, you know, endeared to an episode that they'll send us a Bible of, you know, here's my opinion on the episode or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. Yeah. So th these are all of the, the metrics. Yes. If you were to ask me, what's the one episode going in that would not get a lot of those metrics, uh -huh. but then turned out to get those plus. Okay, so your underdog started off in your mind as an underdog. And yes. then, oh, okay, ooh, see how yeah. ooh, switch yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Is uh -huh. episode da -da -da. nine, episode nine, Janelle Coy. Oh. Janelle Coy, this is the Janelle reason why. Failed. Janelle Excel. This is the reason why. You know, Janelle was the very first guest mm -hmm. that came to us from a pitch. Oh, really? Every guest, yes. Yeah. Oh, you right See, oh. you guys are getting behind the scenes just like me. Because I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know Janelle was a pitch. Every other guest uh -huh. I've gone after. Yes, correct. Jess, her, uh, Jess. Janelle, all these J's. Yes, yes, yes. Janelle, right here. Janelle's publicist, uh -huh. who knows me, yeah. reached out and said, "Paul, what do you think about Janelle coming on the uh, on the podcast?" Yeah. And I honestly, I had not heard of Janelle, mm -hmm. and not to dismiss, not like I need I to know everybody. That's by her design, honestly. Yeah. That's Yes, that's by her design. Mm -hmm. And so I said, hmm, I, I don't know. This is interesting. Let me go research her. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find much of anything written on her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I said, I went back to the publicist and I said, well, what makes you think like, like th this uh, podcast is about world-class performers. How do you see Janelle being a world-class? And then she told me she's the fastest growing company yeah. in the world. Yeah. And when I found out she had the fastest growing company in the world, there's virtually no information on her online and she doesn't have a big social media presence. To me, she was like this gem. And under 30. Under 30, under too. 30. Exactly. Under 30. Right. She was like this hidden gem. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, you know, it probably is not going to go well on metrics. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, in TV, you always want to get the biggest stars. Oh, yeah. The biggest yeah. Stars. yeah. Yeah. But I thought this is exactly what the podcast is about. Yeah. So we did the interview. Long story short, the Janelle episode mm -hmm. is our number one episode. Number yep. one on downloads. Yeah. Number which is number one across across, across the, the game. board. Yeah. Across the board, someone who is relatively unknown. Yep. So to me, that was that was the underdog episode. But that was my definition. Jess, let's hear your <laughs> definition. Because <laughs> you right going in there, it looks like okay, this is gonna be a filler episode, and um, and it just she shined. Yeah, Janelle, Janelle was it. Janelle was it. Now I'm gonna tell you something. Now we're on Janelle before I give my person, and I'm not trying to go off of not getting mine. You spoke to Janelle in an interview and you asked her. Now, Janelle was the first one. We've always asked about 
dating and you, you throw that in there because that is just, you know, from where you're from, you know, you have that, that whole matchmaker still in your blood. And so when you asked her about it, she brought up the fact that she wasn't in a relationship. She was single, but her longest one or her most recent one was with an older gentleman. And you said, yeah, Janelle, in that picture, I seen a hand. So my nosy bleep start looking like, well, what the fuck about? I'm all on her Instagram. Do you feel like with Janelle and with her stature and where she had made it and where she had gone, is it that folks in her age bracket just can't even, like, we not even on the same level? Is it that why you asked her or why you assumed it was older guy and she agreed like, yeah, he was older? Is it because oh, of yeah. that? I mean, I, I love this question, you know, so for every guest that comes on, I stalk mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And where I love to stalk most is I stalk the Instagram accounts yeah. and I look at the comments. Okay. In particular, I look at how that particular person responds to different comments that they have. Right. And I remember scrolling through and I thought, oh, this is interesting. You know, she, you know, she's a 27 year old, you know, lady. She's probably yeah. out here, you know. She, I see that she likes to look fly. She likes to yeah. be out, you know. HBCU, yeah. Yeah. But never saw one photo of her uh -huh. with a man or a woman because I don't know what way she's going yet. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. It was always her or just her and her mother yes. in a photo. Right, right, right. And then among you know hundreds of photos, there's one of her holding the hand of the, of of this man, and I could look at his shirt. <laughs> and you this is this. This is the level of detail. I'm telling you, I'm a, I am a voyeur and stalker. Yeah. I looked at the shirt and it was like, you know, it was a sports cuff. Okay. All appeared to be herringbone, mm -hmm. almost monogrammed shirt. Mm -hmm. It was like, not the shirt that a 20 year old would wear. Would want to go even pick out. Would not, yeah, they wouldn't even know it. Yeah. Right? A 30 year old possibly 40-year-old most likely, 50-year-old yes. definitely. For sure. Yeah. For sure, right? Yeah. Then I started thinking, okay, she's running this $17 million business. Mm -hmm. Who is now forced into her social circle? Right. People who are going to be much older yeah. than her. So yeah. that that's what led me down yeah. that road. It was a little detective okay. work. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering how I was like, well, where, why would he think that? But now I get it. I get it. And that's true. Cause that that's her social circle and that's what she is around. That's who she's going to be attracted to, you know? So, all right. Okay. Yeah. So here I go. My yeah, underdog. Yeah. Tell us, this is what we want to know. <laughs> I know. So my underdog and I'm mad at y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at y'all. Okay. Let me talk. Let me talk to y'all. Come closer and tell y'all why I'm mad. Y'all let my girl whole podcast feel like she wasn't giving y'all the ins and the out. And I really feel like, what? why did they do this to my girl? And I'm, from what I'm thinking of, the trailer side of things, she didn't get a lot of interaction. She didn't get a lot of um, likes. She didn't even get a lot of engagement. But if you listen to the podcast, and I'm talking about Tiffany Ashton. Tiffany mm. had me thinking I can conquer the podcast world. She literally gave so many pointers to where sometimes if that's not your field, you didn't listen. So I think the underdog of it was Tiffany didn't reach a broader audience of just being an entrepreneur, being a on her own, because up to that point, and you correct me if I'm wrong, everyone else was an entrepreneur. 
Tiffany works for a company. Now, mind you, she did have a company that she started with her friend, um, I think like in 2008 or something. But her real bread and butter right now is working for Essence and creating podcasts and then being an executive producer of a podcast. And then it went to, if you want to get into this podcast game, this is what you got to do. It was to the point where we're doing things that Tiffany said in that interview right now. I'm probably on this podcast today because of Tiffany. Because if you remember, when you were talking to Tiffany, Tiffany said, you know, don't go away from your core audience. If your core audience is used to you doing something, so if they're used to you having interviews, don't go up and now you're just posting yourself giving a behind the scenes of a recap of 10 episodes. And when she right. said that, I said, oh, she is so right. Because we don't go to church and we don't look for the deacon. We're going to church to hear pastors speak. And so I think what she said that I said, okay, she's giving these inside tips and you, sir, got so enthralled. You were just like, (laughs) it was like you were taking the master class of podcasting and you were just like, yeah. mm -hmm." And I'm like, okay, Paul is into this. And so was, I'm like, it was just really. They didn't give her that just do. They didn't yeah, and nope. she hit it. And she hit it. And I also think when she didn't give numbers, because now mind you, Rakia didn't give numbers either. But right. Tiffany didn't give numbers and she was so general and not giving numbers. And your audience love a number. And I don't know if your audience, and maybe you can help me, is the audience loving a number because it gives them an aspiration to reach? Or they're just loving a number because, you know, they just kind of want to know who to compare what to apples to oranges. Right, right. Like, now, so- that's that's a good question. Uh, and let me just underscore, I agree with you. So you're talking about Tiffany Ashate, executive producer at Essence. That was episode 10. 10, yes. And that one from a, in terms of the social media performance, all those metrics, you're right. It's probably had the lowest number of everything. Mm-hmm. Shares, likes, comments, etc. Mm-hmm. In terms of the ranking on where we are in terms of downloads. I didn't pull it, but I pulled our top five and it's not in the top five. It was really tips and takeaways from Tiffany. Pardon the interruption. I just wanted to make two special announcements. The first is that I just opened a podcast masterclass sharing everything I've learned through launching and growing the Better With Paul podcast. Over 500 people have already joined this masterclass and the feedback has been humbling with many saying it's been the single best course they've ever taken. If you would like to join this course completely free, just go to paulcbrunson.com backslash podcast masterclass. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash podcast masterclass. And then after you've completed the masterclass and you're ready to explore either starting your podcast or moving your podcast audio to a higher level, I encourage you to consider the studio that I use for this podcast. It's based in Washington, DC, and they specialize in remote podcast support. Just drop me a line at paulcbrunson.com backslash studio. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash studio for more information. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I think part of the lack of performance mm-hmm. is in part because one title means a lot, okay. right? 
We, we spend a lot of time debating what a title is going to be yeah. of an episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was one of the first titles that didn't have uh-huh. billion dollar, yeah. 17 million, yeah. 15 million, t- yeah. you know? Yeah. That, that one, we talked about the number of downloads. Uh-huh. So, so, right, so off the rip, it's like the title, I think, threw folks off. Yeah. Secondly, is to your point of, Every episode prior uh-huh. to Tiffany's and every episode subsequent to Tiffany's was about the particular story of the entrepreneur and how that entrepreneur yeah. climbed yeah. the heights. And got there. This episode was not about yeah. Tiffany, it was about the and industry she, podcast. Yeah, and that's what I want to know. Did Tip, was that intentional? Did Tip not want to say like, cause you're right, Tiffany, it's producing for a podcast, but it didn't say like, how did you get in that role of producing for podcasts? Like, were you right. sitting at the essence desk and they said, Hey, we want to do blah, blah, blah. So I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. And that's, and that's on me. That's on me. Mm-hmm. I did the title <laughs> and I didn't ask her those questions. Cause I was like, yeah. podcasting, but to your point, yes. where I also agree with you, Jess, uh-huh. See, I thought we were going to be disagreeing all the time. Now, <laughs> now I think that we're disagreeing. Okay. It, when you look back uh-huh. over the last, when, we're, when we go, when we're in the jet, yeah. eating the cornbread yeah. and the chicken, a year from now, we're going to look back. Tiffany's is going to be one of the top downloaded episodes yeah. because, because podcast, because most of our audience is a black audience, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Most of our audience is not even in the United States. Correct. It's Correct. in emerging, uh, what are considered to be emerging podcast areas like yeah. the Caribbean. Or West Africa, yes. or East Africa, and so what's going to happen is over the year you're going to see an explosion mm-hmm. of black voiced podcasts and podcasts aimed at the black audience. Yes, and as a result, people are going to then be looking for how to, how do I, yes. and they're going to go back to Tiffany. They're going to go back to Tiffany. Yeah, I would say that according to your definition uh-huh. of an underdog. That was exactly it. That was it, Tiffany. And and as most most underdogs end up winning, right? And she will end up in terms of the 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 ratings, the downloads she will win. So I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Let's 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 get into trouble on this one. Okay. Most challenging episode. Most challenging. Most challenging. Like most challenging guest. Most challenging to edit. Yes. Most challenging, just most like, uh, most yeah. challenging. Most challenging. My most challenging ended up being my most beloved. When I say my most beloved, my most challenging was Neville Garrett. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Garrett. Can, can I just say this right now, just so we get it out? Yes. That was my most challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Garrett, let me tell you about Mr. Garrett, baby, because I, I honestly, he, he imparted something into me where I was like, I think I called you on the phone. I was like, you know, I've been listening to my reggae and I'm feeling all centered and I'm listening to my conscious music and I'm drinking my tea. Mr. Garrett had me on. He put me on the, on the mission, right? But baby, Mr. Garrett went around and about this bush. He had folks coming in here. He was rolling up. (laughs) We are doing a podcast here. And I think he got it. He was just like, yeah, let me call my son. He's talking to people in the background. (laughs) 
had a bomb story when i say bombs so and now that's when we was on that porch when mm. bob marley said listen i gotta go and i don't know what to do i'm not safe here he said well let's go he was the one that said when you come into a concert i'm going to give you an experience when he yes. talked about having his marcus garvey backdrop yes. and then partying what you're going to do you just ain't coming here to listen to music we're going to give you a whole different experience you're going to go back because what he said was 75% of the audience at that time were young white folks. And I'm right. going to give you some history, whether you want it or not. And so right. I, I went along with the ride, but baby, that ride was three and a half hours. Paul was, <laughs> and I said, what is going on? It, it was, uh, but he, this, this is the reason why, right? Uh -huh. this, this, the reason why, and, and this is Neville Garrick, episode three. Yes. Jess and I both agree, the most challenging. Yeah. All right. Jess, let me just walk you through okay. my POV, okay. right, my whole perspective on this. Yeah. Yeah. So we show up, right? We do these uh, on Squadcast, right? So for those listening, not watching, when that camera turned on and I saw Neville Garrick, he was like this. He was puffing. He was puffing on herb the, the moment that the camera came on. Yeah. And and I was like, wow, you know, this is the first interview I've ever had with somebody who's smoking, which is cool. I mean, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. No judgment. This is a no, no judgment zone. No, no judgment. Exactly. No, no judgment. Yeah. No judgment. But but in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, this is wild because he's 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 just he's just puffing and he's puffing away like it's nothing. Yeah. Like, you know how some people puff and they need to puff and pass or puff yeah. and yeah. take it yeah. down. He's yeah. just puff after puff after puff. So <laughs> the moment that that happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be lit for real. For this real? this interview is oh, going to be lit for real. It was the point where he even, if you notice, so when the man knocked on the door, he said, yeah, that's my weed man. I said, wait a minute. He even had an order come through. Paul is <laughs> in the middle of the interview. He said, hold on. Keep your thought. Let me go on this. <laughs> I said, oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, you're right. This man had a delivery <laughs> midway through the interview. And I'm going to tell you, honestly, uh -huh. he did not stop smoking for three hours straight. <laughs> he didn't have a, he didn't have a, he didn't have, he didn't have one sip to drink. <laughs> he, had, he was in the sun. Yeah. He, the sun was blazing so hard. Yes. That the, the the laptop melted and and shut off yes it, it, it shut off he had to switch to a different laptop yeah. but he didn't stop smoking <laughs> and the crazy part about it is he switched to another another laptop in a whole nother location so i'm thinking all right he gonna get himself together because he know we're taping this and then he was like yeah so what you gonna do with this because um, i'm all over the place <laughs> i died laughing at this point, he knew it. Like, I got a lot going on. I'm still giving you the story. But in the meantime, what you going to do with this, Paul? And I said, yeah, what is Paul, i.e. Jessica, going to do with this? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, that was the birth of you coming on as the producer. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the moment that I ended that interview, I was like, okay. I went to, I go to Jill for everything. Yes, right? I know. Yes, yes, yes. I said, I said, Jill, I just had what could be the most 
powerful interview ever mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. But there's no way anyone's going to understand it. <laughs> I need help on this thing. I need help. And I was like, a producer. Yeah. We should get produced. That was what it, then I was like, I should get Jess. Oh, uh-huh, but but when you listen to it, I'm telling oh, you. Oh man. It and he already Jim. talked about having his own documentary. And he's one of the ones that needs it. All three hours was amazing, but it really was like, oh, uh, so in the challenge, it was a good challenge. Yeah, it was. And I just want to say one last thing for me on that is one of the pieces that we chopped out, but we had to because of the, you know, yeah. because of the length. Yeah. But by itself could be a story is the assassination attempt yeah. of Bob Marley and wow. how that went down and how Neville had just got busted smoking herb. And that's the reason why he wasn't at the house. Oh man, it was crazy. That's such a good episode. Yeah. Such a good episode. Yeah. All right, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you on the most challenging. The next one is which of all of our episodes, mm-hmm. all uh, 13 of these episodes mm-hmm. need their own movie what need or televised Televised. what 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 story did we unearth Mm -hmm. that needs more eyes on it which one do you think i think we're going to agree completely on this yeah and now mind you let me start off you're going to be in the grants for a different reason than i'm going to be in the grants i'm in the grants and i think it's mrs lewis reginald lewis Absolutely. I agree with that. I remember Mr. Lewis through you and then, you know, connecting the dots. And so when it was time to go in, I said, okay, well, I'm going to know his story, but what about her story? So her story, she made sure she told you his as well as hers. And I think too, what makes good TV, because it's different, you know, what makes a good television, whether it's movie, TV shows, is the scandal. And when she put in that scandal, and now, mind you, the scandal, I let Paul bring up the scandal because it's not really a scandal, but it was her truth. I mean, so when she told yeah. her truth, it took Paul like, oh, Jess, did we include it? And I'm like, that's her truth. And she felt safe enough to tell it to you. So we got to include it. We right. And I, and I was unsure. And so this is the this is the point that made this uh-huh. the most controversial interview of my entire career. Mm-hmm. And the Lloyd Lewis interview was also the most stressed I've ever been on an interview, both before, yes. during, and definitely after. And I've now, we're now a week past uh-huh. interviewing her, uh-huh. and I'm now just getting back to normal. Just now. Yeah. I, I was freaking out. For the folks listening, it weighed on Paul because. He, this is his idol. Like this, it's right. you hear something about your idol that's not favoring. Now, not, right. nothing that she said to me still wasn't wrong. It just wasn't favoring in your eyes to how you and, think of that person. No, no, you're, you're you're absolutely right. And also, I think that I misappropriately looked at my role. Okay. Right. And 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 because of that interview, now I've changed my role. And because of your input, I've changed my role. So. Mm-hmm. Going into that interview, I thought, okay, it's my job to interview Uh Mrs. Lewis, Uh but then to carry on the legacy of Reginald Lewis as I see it. Yes, yes. yes. Paul Brunson sees it, right? I see him as, I see see there's Superman, there's basically there's God, and then there's Reginald Lewis, right? That's pretty much how I see life, right? Right Yeah, yeah. And he's not... 
too far off of God. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's how I, yeah. that's how I've always seen him. So my yeah. objective going in, which yeah. I now admit as a journalist, because mm -hmm. I, I view this as serious journalism, yes. Yes. is that that was wrong. Yeah. Instead, my role should have been to tell the story, tell the story. that the subject is telling. Yeah. Right. To, yeah. Basically, to, just to help to tell that story. Yeah. Which is what you said, right? Yeah. So then, when Mrs. Lewis disclosed that there was infidelity mm -hmm. in the relationship, that to me it it rocked me. Mm -hmm. Right. I had never heard that accusation before. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about, I read every bit of information that's ever come out on Reginald Lewis, yes. right? So that was, so I knew it was an exclusive, mm -hmm. but the fact that it was exclusive, I, I didn't care. Cause you know, if you're in journalism, you always want that exclusive. Yes, yes, right? yes, yeah. <laughs> but when I heard the infidelity about the infidelity, I immediately, this is terrible. And, and I, this is just me being real. Yeah. Immediately in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> as soon as she said it, I was like, oh yeah, that's nice. Don't we're going to edit that Jess is going to be Mr. Lewis. <laughs> I was like, we're just going to edit all that out. It's all, it's all good. And, 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 and then afterwards, <laughs> right? Immediately after, I went to Jill. Yes. I said, Jill, O-M-G. I can't believe what, she, I can't believe this weight that I, and I was like, I have, I feel like I have this weight because yeah. I now know something uh -huh. that the world doesn't know yeah. about this particular person. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's not shattered, mm -hmm. but it's changed, it's changed mm -hmm. my opinion about him. Mm -hmm. Because I've also been a very, um, I've been a major advocate on, I don't stand for infidelity right. whatsoever. Right. Just me personally. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've let friends go. Right. <laughs> let friends go because they were like, yeah, I'm I was like, oh, you're cheating on your wife? Okay. That's the last time we'll be talking. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so the fact that yeah. now this man who I put on this panel, who I found out he was now cheating yeah. and also in the interview she continued she kept saying cheating she yeah. like i was like lewis don't keep saying it she was like cheating cheating yeah. and i didn't care he had sex and i didn't care if they would have sex and because and i was like oh shoot and i can see you sitting here see lots of oh paul this is this is literally telling the kids santa claus ain't real he ain't real. yes yeah yeah <laughs> oh. It hit it, it 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 hit me. Yeah. So then what I did, and I think this is a good lesson uh -huh. for anyone who's dealing with this kind of subject matter yeah. on their podcast or whatever it may be, is that you know, I messaged you, Jess. Mm -hmm. I talked to, you know, talked to Jill, yeah. my therapist, I feel like. <laughs> uh, and I and I even remember talking to my parents. Okay. And I didn't disclose what it was. Okay. So I only only Jess, only you knew, uh -huh. and Jill knew. Uh -huh. But to everyone else, I was just talking to them, saying, "What do you suggest in this in general, uh -huh. in, in this scenario?" Mm -hmm. And then all the feedback was, "Well, check with Mrs. Lewis, see what she did. She intend to do that? Did she not? Right? Jess, you were saying if she told you she intended, yeah. and I was thinking well, maybe you know maybe she didn't intend. I was yeah. I was trying to." Yeah. So 
I messaged Mrs. Lewis uh-huh. and okay. she shot back a message right away. And she said, I absolutely intended that. Yeah. I absolutely want people to know the truth. People should know yes. what married couples have to deal with. Yes. They, you know, Mrs. Lewis, I love her authenticity. She yes. is real. Yeah. She is real. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so we got that message back. But then, you still, you still I still yeah. didn't want to disclose it because then I was in fear of what it would do to everyone. In particular, I was I, I didn't want to disclose because of Christina. Yeah. Because of her, her daughter mm-hmm. and my relationship with, with, with her daughter. And I and I didn't want I I I a I didn't want to hopefully unveil something that she did not know. Okay. Right. Yeah. That, that the that yeah. That Christina, who is the child, did not know. Yes. That I felt was, that was not And, I, my and place. I think I told that to Paul too. I said, it could be the point where it's like, mama, why would you tell them about my daddy? Or it could be the point was, that's my daddy. Like, you know, and then that's just what they had to live with. Because as a child, you don't know them inner workings of a marriage, as she said. You don't know that. And I think what right. you thought about Christina, which is great because you even reached out to Christina. To get right. the same thing as you did with Mrs. Lewis. And that just shows your character, which is great. Because it lets you know, I'm not in the business of slandering and being salacious and all of that. We are really going to tell a story. However, you let this out. Did you mean to? And what I told you is, as you said, that's that woman's truth. That was Mrs. Lewis' truth. And it didn't take away from Mrs. Lewis. It wasn't like, oh, we hated him nonetheless. We just knew, oh, wait a minute. Okay, he did what? And in the midst of him doing that, she also said, I chose as the woman to do what and stay. And I hit my faith. And she said, because mind you, for those little backstories, she was originally going to be a nun. So she already has that faith with God and that connection with God. So she already knows where her strength comes from. So she says, okay, Lord, if this is happening to me, where is it coming from? What can I draw onto? And she leaned onto her faith. So in leaning onto her faith, she says, he loves me. He comes back to me. He's giving me a good life. I'm going to do what I had to do. And then he gets sick. So then now he's sick. And it's like, I can't leave this man. I won't leave this man. So it's all, all of that is really intertwined. That it, I would watch that. Man, yeah. yeah, you're right. In terms of most, most televised. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and one thing I just want to pick up on that you said that I want everyone to, to know is that we did reach out to Christina. Yeah. And we let her preview. Yes. Yes, we did. And Christina specifically said she 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 started listening to that segment. Uh-huh. And she said she responded back and she said, I can't listen to it. I she said, I started listening. I know where where this is going. I know the story. Uh-huh. It's it's I can't listen to it, but I know. Right. And so she was saying, you know, go go ahead and publish it, go with it. But just know that I can't listen to the whole thing. And I respected that. And it was one of those where it was it's it's so delicate um, to put out. But I will tell you something funny about this is at the end, like finally, after we got everything back from Christina, the mother and we know, okay, we're going to go live with it. Uh I remember telling Jill, I was like, Jill. Mrs. Lewis is one of the strongest people that I know. And then Jill looked at me and she said, well, just know I'm not that strong. So if you do that to me, I'll just do it. (laughs) (laughs) She 
was like, I just kill you. I'm not that strong. Oh, that's right. You said, don't believe in me in Maryland and you back in London. We, we've we got, all right, how, how about this? Uh-huh. How about this? Let's do one more. One more, okay. How about we do one more? You you tell me, what, which one do you want to do? I think if we do anything, we need to to end it with the inception of Better With Paul, that first podcast. When you were starting this, and because you've been interviewing for years, Paul, years, whether it's been TV, not TV, what made you say, I'm about to start a podcast and keep it going in the midst of COVID? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because I had not only been doing interviews with other outlets, uh-huh. but I had started interviewing people for what I thought was going to be a podcast. Yeah going back to 2017. Okay, okay. It is 2020 right now that we're recording. So 2017, Uh I had started interviewing people and I still have them on tape, still. So I had interviewed, I'm talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of people. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I had, and I always say that there's two questions you have to ask yourself before you start a podcast, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. One is, who is your avatar and do you know their pain point? Okay. And then secondly, do you believe you can create content mm-hmm. to uniquely serve their pain point? Okay. To uniquely address their pain point. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had until the COVID time, lockdown time, I honestly didn't know who the that core avatar was and what their pain point was. I just didn't. Okay. Right. And it took COVID. Yes. And me having to distance myself from television, because we were on hiatus from filming TV, to be able to start showing up two to three times a week doing Better With Paul Lives. Yes, yes. To observe who was showing up and to hear them specifically say, here's what I need. And what I saw, the folks that were showing up were people who all had the same values. Yes. We all believed in legacy. Yeah, true leaving something behind. We all believed in culture yes, and the value that comes with culture, in particular, yep. the African diaspora. Yep. We all believed in financial freedom, mm-hmm. whether that's through running your own business, investing, whatever it may be, yep. right? Yeah. And I realized that those were the core values uh-huh. of my avatar. Yes. And I realized I have a unique voice. This is why we all have to know that we are enough, right? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I kept thinking, well, you know, maybe if I do three more TV shows, then I'll be, you know, I'll be more recognized for doing A, B, and C, and then therefore I could better serve the audience. No, I had to realize that I was enough. What I I knew, who I had access to, what I could do to provide, that was enough. So Uh once that was identified, Mm I was like, all right, now we need one guest who embodies all of this, okay. who embodies all of those values, mm-hmm. one guest. And to me, there was no question that it was Lovey. No yeah. question. Yeah. I've, I've been friends with Lovey for, for a few years, but then a stalker of her from way back, like yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. And she embodies financial freedom, yeah. legacy, culture. And on top of it, she carved out her own path. She did. And, she and, did. and to me, that's what this podcast is about, you know? And so there was no question that she would be number one. And I remember messaging her and I was like, lovey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have to, I have to launch a podcast uh-huh. and I need you to be my number, my first guest. And 
if you tell me no, that means I can't launch the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But just no. We exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she she was in right away. We recorded it and met the rest is history. It was magic. And it was and now that was one that was not touched. So from beginning to end, it went through seamlessly. Yeah. Good point, Jess. You're right. That yeah. was that was I think there's only been a few that have been untouched. And that yeah. was an untouched, yeah. no edit. Yeah. Straight chaser. Jess, you know, what? I, I do. I enjoyed us going through these. Good. I did. I did. And I think that we have to do this. Yes. Even more often mm -hmm. because we I mean, we went through there's 13 episodes, but 12 right. different people. Right. We need to like do it every chunk of like four yeah. or something. Yeah. All right. And I'm I know I'm famous for saying this is the last thing I'm going to say. I say five more things. <laughs> but the last thing I'll say is okay. I think back to all the projects I've done, even when you and I met right at Black Enterprise, yeah. uh, when we were working on Our World Together, some of the best times, right? Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> um, we had a very specific audience, like yeah. we had a very specific avatar. Mm -hmm. here in the US and actually it was like a very New York kind of you know audience versus this podcast where we're charting you know thank the lord yeah. but we're we're charting throughout Africa throughout the Caribbean throughout the you know Europe in particular yeah. the UK and the United States and so we have roughly the same characteristics uh -huh. but geography is different and right. then that creates a whole nother challenge on right. telling a story. And so, you know, this is why I'm so proud. I'm proud of everybody who's 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 yeah. working on the project because we're doing something mm -hmm. that is very difficult, but we're doing it, you know, the, at least the audience is telling us that we're doing it well. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And I also hope you learned. I encourage you to go back and listen to every episode that we mentioned. I guarantee you'll enjoy them just as well. And now for next week, we're back to the interview format and I have a very special guest that's guaranteed to blow you away. Now, I don't wanna say his name yet, but let me give you a hint. He's considered to be one of the wealthiest and most powerful black men in the entire UK. Who is it? Well, I hope you tune into the next episode of Better With Paul to find out. Until then, take care. Switch and board.